Listen up, everybody. On Tuesday, March 19th, 4.15 Eastern Time, that's 1.15 here local in LA, I'll be hosting a webinar to discuss Cambria's two new ETFs, the Cambria Tactical Yield ETF, ticker TYLD, and the Cambria Micro and Small Cap Shareholder Yield ETF, ticker MYLD. Head over to Cambria's Twitter and LinkedIn pages to find the registration link. Once again, that's March 19th at 4.15 Eastern Time. Look forward to seeing you. Carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risk factors, charges, and expenses before investing. This and other information can be found by visiting our website at www.cambryfunds.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of capital. The Cambry ETFs are distributed by Alps Distributors, Inc., member FINRA, FINRA. Welcome to the Med Favor Show, where the focus is on helping you grow and preserve your wealth. Join us as we discuss the craft of investing and uncover new ideas, all to help you grow wealthier and wiser. Better investing starts here. Matt Faber is the co-founder and chief investment officer at Cambria Investment Management. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Cambria Investment Management or its affiliates. Howdy, podcast listeners. We got a little bit of a different show for you today. Over the past decade, we've made an effort to educate our clients and investors now over 40,000 strong by publishing research and commentaries across the blog, academic papers, books, speeches, and now in the more modern social world, Twitter and YouTube and this podcast. However, we still get many great questions every day about our funds, many of which are broadly similar. So we wanted to try and use this platform to help educate shareholders as much as possible. You know, sometimes the spoken word provides a little more context and narrative than just an academic paper or fact sheet. And as always, the most important thing in investing is finding an approach that works for you, which may or may not involve any of our funds, which is totally fine. We just want our shareholders to be as informed as possible in what they're invested in. So enough intro. Please enjoy today's episode in our series of fund profiles. Welcome, podcast friends. Today, we have a special episode in which I'm going to be talking about something that's very relevant to the markets today, valuations. What do historical data suggest about future returns based on high starting valuations for U.S. stocks? You may not like the answer. In this podcast, we're going to dive into why behind this, as well as portfolio positioning you might want to consider in light of these lofty valuations. As part of the discussion, we'll talk about the Cambria Global Value ETF with the ticker GVAL, G-V-A-L. We think it's a fantastic option for investors who are concerned about U.S. stocks or simply too richly valued. There's a lot of great details to cover, so let's jump straight in. Most investment research has shown that when people buy an expensive market, they have a higher chance of big, fat drawdowns in their future. But let's look at the historical numbers behind this so you don't think it's just me spouting theories. Regular podcast listeners and readers of my blog know that one of my favorite valuation metrics is the Schiller P.E. ratio, also called the CAPE ratio, which stands for the Cyclically Adjusted Price-to-Earnings Ratio. In this case, it's average of 10 years of earnings adjusted for inflation. I'll put a link in the show notes, but if we look at the S&P 500's current CAPE ratio reading at the time of this recording, you'll see that over the past few years, it's been higher than any other time in the last 150 years, with the exception of the Great Depression, the dot-com bubble at the turn of the millennia. As I write, the U.S. trades at a long-term K ratio of just over 30. And to give you a sense of just how high this is, 
The median CAPE ratio for 45 countries all around the world is about 15. That makes the U.S. level more than double that of the average global country stock market. And for perspective, the average for countries over time has been around 17. The U.S. has been as low as 5 historically and as high as 45 at the peak of the dot-com bubble. Now, the arrogant, bullish U.S. investor might say, so what? Cape ratios went through the roof back in 99 and 2000, while U.S. stocks soared, which made many investors huge returns. So, we have the potential to see similarly huge gains even from these higher Cape levels. And you'd be right. That's a fair argument. But we feel it's also a dangerous argument, and one that will lose more times than we'll win. If we look at historical market data, we find that markets tend to revert to the mean readings over time. So a country that has a high CAPE value today is more likely than not to see its value fall in the coming years. That would mean below average stock returns. On the flip side, a country that has a low CAPE ratio value today is more likely than not to see its value rise in the coming decade. And that would be based on above average returns. The more extreme the starting CAPE ratio value is, either high or low, the more pronounced those 10-year returns often are. Now, I'm about to reference a chart, which we'll link to in the show notes, and we have a book called Global Value, which you can download for free on our website. But it shows that initial CAPE ratio values and what subsequent 10-year returns end up being based on those starting CAPE ratios. And the data begins in 1900. In short, what we find is the initial CAPE ratio values that were low, specifically below 10, were responsible for the vast majority of 10-year stock market returns averaging 13% or higher. Meanwhile, initial CAPE ratio values that were high, meaning in that 20 to 45 range in the U.S., were responsible for the vast majority of 10-year stock market returns below 5%. In our book, we actually examine this across the global set of all countries as well. As we noted just a moment ago, as I record this, the U.S. CAPE ratio levels over 30. And if we go by this data, that reading does not bode well for the hope of double-digit 10-year returns for U.S. stocks. Now, to be fair... The correlation between initial CAPE ratio levels and 10-year returns doesn't always play out in lockstep, but it works enough to be quite helpful to a long-term investor. Think of this tool more as a crude hammer than a precise chisel. So at this point, we know that our current CAPE ratio level is high, and historical market data suggests that might indicate subdued 10-year returns looking forward. In response to this, the thoughtful investor would say, I should rotate out of U.S. stocks then. Should, where do I put my money? Well, if low starting CAPE ratio values often enjoy higher 10-year average returns, why not simply look around the globe where those low CAPE ratio markets are? And that's our approach. And we believe it's a fantastic and very simple market approach. Unfortunately, actually doing this proves to be quite hard. That's because most investors are vulnerable to a destructive behavioral tendency called home country bias. Now, as the name suggests, Home country bias is the tendency for investors to allocate most of their money to investments in their own country. But it's not a uniquely American phenomenon. It happens to investors all around the world. In the show notes, we'll include a chart from Vanguard that shows the home country bias at work. One of the chart's inputs is a given country's global index weight. In other words, if we looked at the entire world as one big investment market, how much weight should a specific country have within that global portfolio based on its size. Large stock markets like the U.S. would have a bigger weight of the global market portfolio than a smaller stock market like the one in Australia. 
The second variable on the chart shows the percentage of domestic stocks that investors in each country hold in their portfolios. And what you find is, all around the globe, investors put way more into domestic stocks than their own country's weight deserves. For example, here in the U.S., we put around 80% of our investment dollars into the U.S. market. And the problem is, the U.S. market can suffer a prolonged bear market just as easy as any other market. You might have forgotten that based on the epic 10-year bull run we recently had, right? But it's true. So most people put in around 80% in the U.S. when the global weight is just above 50%. So why not think globally? Well, lots of people have reasons why U.S. stocks deserve much higher multiples. But in fact, going back to 1980, both U.S. stocks and foreign stocks have an average CAPE ratio of around 22. And what that means is historically, the U.S. stock market is no more special than any foreign stock market. And while the full history average for countries over time is around 17 During times of low inflation, we do see investors willing to pay a little more of a higher multiple, so up around 21, 22 can be a little more, quote, normal in times when inflation is mild. But beyond that, the amount of time the U.S. spends being more expensive than foreign countries and vice versa is basically a coin flip. That stat surprises a lot of people who assume that the U.S., which is currently expensive, is always expensive and much traded a premium. So let's pause. What we've tried to show so far today is that lofty starting valuations tend to correlate with subdued, underwhelming 10-year future stock market returns. Conversely, low valuations tend to correlate with greater 10-year returns. And the U.S. CAPE ratio today, over 30, is quite high on a historical basis. Not as bad as the dot-com boom of 45, but still elevated. We've then tried to show that most U.S. investors are overly concentrated in one market, specifically the U.S. market, which we believe is dangerous. Meanwhile, the U.S. stock market has nothing intrinsically special about it, so investors would be wise to consider opportunities with lower valuations all around the globe if they're looking to enhance 10-year returns going forward. We have a great pinned tweet that lists a lot of the top investment research focused on global investing. We'll add a link to the show notes from lots of other well-respected firms like Bridgewater. So the question then is, what's a simple one-click way to access these low-valuation stock markets around the globe? And that brings us to our fund, the Cambria Global Value ETF. We've engineered it to try to capitalize on what we believe is the power of low valuations, regardless of where those values are found around the world. The fund methodology begins by identifying the least expensive stock markets in the world using a composite of long-term valuation metrics like the CAPE ratio, but we also use others using cash flows and dividends. It starts with a universe of 45 countries located in both developed and emerging markets. GVAL then selects the top 25% least expensive country stock markets as measured by those long-term valuation metrics. We then go one step further and do a bottoms-up analysis using a valuation composite across very similar valuation metrics, again, like price to earnings, price to sales, price to cash flow, enterprise value to EBITDA, to select the 10 most undervalued stocks out of the top 30 largest stocks by market capitalization within each country. We believe that part of the benefit of GVAL's approach is that it has an offensive and defensive component. And what we mean by that is for offense, you're aligning your portfolio with markets with low valuations, which in our opinion means strength and a greater chance of elevated 10-year returns. Current basket of countries have an average CAPE ratio of around 10 versus 15 for the median country, and again, over 30 for the U.S. So that bottom quartile is almost a single-digit valuation, and many of the countries are single-digit within it, but on average, it's around 10. 
which is two-thirds less than the U.S. is currently, and that's quite a large margin. But equally importantly, you're avoiding the high-valuation countries, which we believe correlates with weakness and most likely to drag down longer-term returns. Market historians that are listening will recall Japan hitting a CAPE ratio of almost 100 in the 1980s, and future multiple decades of poor stock returns followed thereafter. Based on decades of historical market data, we believe that investing with this global CAPE ratio valuation mindset is a powerful way to help increase your long-term returns. So as we wrap up, I'll remind you once more today, long-term valuations in the U.S. using the CAPE ratio and other metrics are high. One of the highest readings in the past 150 years. In our opinion, staying fully invested in the U.S. market today with a heavy concentration of your portfolio in the market of the U.S., is at odds with likely probabilistic outcomes based on what history has to offer. To us, the risk-reward trade-off simply isn't worth it. What is far more attractive, in our opinion, are the low valuation levels available to investors if they look beyond U.S. borders. If you share this opinion, we'd encourage you to check out GVAL, the Cambria Global Value ETF. For more information, you can visit cambriafunds.com or reach out directly at 310-683-5500. Thanks for listening, friends, and good investing. To determine if this fund is an appropriate investment for you, carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risk factors, charges, and expenses before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's full and summary prospectus, which may be obtained by calling 855-383-4636, ETF info, or visiting our website at www.cambriafunds.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. The Cambria ETFs are distributed by Alps Distributors, Inc., 1290 Broadway, Suite 1000, Denver, Colorado, 80203 which is not affiliated with Camry Investment Management, LP, the investment advisor for the fund. A few quick definitions. Schiller Cape Ratio. The cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio is the price of a security of equity index divided by the average inflation-adjusted earnings over the past 10 years. The S&P 500 index, an index of 500 U.S. stocks chosen for market size, liquidity, and industry grouping, among other factors. The S&P 500 is designed to be a leading indicator of U.S. equities meant to reflect the risk-return characteristics of the large-cap universe. Valuation is the theoretical value or monetary worth of an asset, oftentimes referenced in comparison to another asset, group of assets, or an asset's own history. On July 1st, 2020, the Camry Global Value ETF changes investment objective and strategy. The fund changed from being passively managed to actively managed on that date. GVAL seeks income and capital appreciation. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Shares are bought and sold at market price, closing price, not net asset value, NAV, and are not individually redeemed for the fund. Market price returns are based on the midpoint of the bid-ask spread at 4 p.m. Eastern time when NAV is normally determined and do not represent the return you would receive if you trade at other times. Buying and selling shares will result in brokerage commissions. Brokerage commissions will reduce returns. There's no guarantee the fund will achieve its investment goal. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. International investing may involve risk of capital loss from unfavorable fluctuations in currency values, from differences in generally accepted accounting principles, or from economic or political instability in other nations. In emerging markets, all these risks are heightened, and lower trading volumes may occur. Investments in smaller companies typically exhibit a higher volatility. There's no guarantee dividends will be paid. Diversification may not protect against loss. There are special risks associated with margin investing. As with stocks, you may be called upon to deposit additional cash or securities if your account equity declines.